Welcome to Fostering Our Faith podcast. Today's guest, Paul Hastings, is an award-winning podcaster, filmmaker, speaker, and entrepreneur. He is the host of Compelled, a podcast sharing unique stories about God transforming Christians around the world. His work has been featured by Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk, The Gospel Coalition, Christianity Today, World Magazine, American Family Association, and so much more. Listen in as he shares stories that are sure to touch your heart. Paul, welcome to Fostering Our Faith podcast. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Your award-winning podcast, Compelled, is a powerful platform that shares these just incredible stories of average people who are just willing to serve the Lord with their lives. Compelled is the perfect word for the way you lay out these narratives. Can you tell our audience how the Lord led you to start this ministry? And where did the word compelled come from? Great question. Great question. So um, shortly after high school, I got involved in Texas politics. And that's what I did as a career path for about a decade. And I got pretty burned out doing it. It was just a, it had just become too emotionally involved for me where I was just emotionally invested in the outcome of the campaigns I was working on. And uh, eventually I got to the point where my wife and I began discussing that I needed to exit politics. And we began praying and asking the Lord, were other things that we could do uh, besides, you know, trying to destroy someone's political career? Because in politics, right, you know, you're trying to help your candidate destroy the other candidate. And it just felt really weird. And so we um, we began praying and talking, and somewhere in the mix, we went to uh, our very first family vacation, and we went to the Ark Encounter, and we went to the Indianapolis Children's Museum. We had a one-year-old daughter, so we took her to all these things. But to cap it off, we went to the Christian Worldview Film Festival in Nashville, and that was a Christian gathering, gathering of Christian filmmakers and storytellers, and and I had done some filmmaking beforehand just through political work. And so just, I think, being with those other storytellers and just sharing ideas and hearing things. And, of course, we've been praying this time, like, looking for something besides politics. And, and at one point, my wife and I just looked at each other and we just realized that, personally, we felt that we knew an abnormal number of people that had really unique stories how God had transformed their lives. And these were just people that we had grown up knowing through high school or they went to our church or whatever it was. And we just felt like, man, we, we know a lot of people like this. And so, of course, since we were there at the film festival, my mind went immediately to like, hey, filmmaking, you know, we're going to make a, a YouTube channel and share these stories and they're going to be amazing. And, but somewhere there, we decided like, hey, you know, maybe maybe what we'll do first is we'll just do a podcast because it's audio only surely not as expensive or time consuming as video how hard can that be you know and so um so that's how we got started with the podcast and um yeah that's uh that's that's what how, how it originally started okay so this name compelled where did that come from oh great question yeah so it comes from second corinthians 5 14 and 15 which says that for the love of christ compels us since we have reached this conclusion that one died for all and therefore all died and he died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. Because the premise of our podcast is that Jesus is the star of all the stories, not us, not the guest. It's Jesus is the star of all of them. And so we really wanted to emphasize that 
each of the guests that we have, they are actually living their lives because they are now compelled to live their life in service to the Lord. Uh, so that's where the name came from. Uh, yeah. Think of like different, um, like, like Jamie Cabe's, uh, the forgotten initiative, right? Like mm -hmm. it was like, so, so like what, what could, what made you think of that? Right. Like the forgotten, what these yeah. powerful words, just these incredibly powerful words that carry weight with them, you know, and, yeah. and make people think, right. Yeah. So, and, and when I think of this word, because my world is so entrenched in adoption and foster care, um, I spent most of my teenage years in care and we've had 20 foster kids adopted four. So like, it just surrounds me pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so like so many different areas of our Christian faith, the Lord leads us to how our families look. And for some, we know the broken foster care is just something they cannot walk away from. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they see it and it just it tugs and tugs and tugs on their heart. And in complete obedience, they just want to surrender and say, OK, you know, whatever, whatever you want. So what is one of your stories from your podcast that can encourage our listeners in this area? Yeah, great question. So, you know, I think I thought about this for a little bit about like some of the different stories that we've had that really emphasize the power of foster care or adoption. And one of them really stuck out to me. We had one guest, and and this is going to sound a little crazy, so please don't let this scare off your other folks, but her name was Lauren Smith. And Lauren, uh, she felt the, the tug on her heart, just this idea of like, man, I just want to be able to help others that, have, you know, these children, basically, that have been abandoned or dropped through the cracks. And she felt that tug on her heart, I think when she was 19, before she was even married, didn't have a boyfriend or anything. And so she began, she became a foster mom, I think in, it was either New York or New Jersey. And this is like, this is like 40 years ago. She was like 19 and uh, she eventually got married also, but this child that she started out to foster, she ended up adopting. And so she's got this child, she gets married, has kids of her own. Um, and she just continued to foster and do adoption. And throughout the course of her and her husband's marriage, they have now adopted 20 children. Um, I, th I think actually, I think like three were biological and 17 were adopted. And I'm butchering the numbers, but the, the, the grand total was 20. Um, and it really, it was just really incredible just to see how each child had its own story to be brought to her and her husband. And Lauren is the first one to say like, hey, by the way, you know, like I am the abnormal. This is not the standard. Like, oh, you know, if you're listening to this thing and like you didn't adopt 20 kids, then you're not really. No, no, that's, that's not the point. She said that, you know, God had blessed her and her husband with a certain unique set of qualities and abilities, like stuff, you know, like really crazy stuff that would be really damaging for many other families can roll off their shoulders really easily. And that's not because they're so great or because they're such strong believers. It's because of the actual personality types that they had. And they both had it. Whereas like, you know, sometimes you'll have a married couple where one person, maybe they could take 20 kids and then someone else can't, right? You got to work through that. Um, so anyway, so her whole point was that God had given them the ability to do so. And so they were going to lean into that. And I think that like us as Christians, when we think about this, like not every family is cut up for adoption or maybe not in this season of life, right? Or for foster care and maybe not in this season of life, right? And it's going to vary, right? And I think the, the last thing that anyone would ever want to do is feel like they were guilted into adopting or fostering like that, because that's a really unhealthy perspective. The Lord does not guilt us into the kingdom of heaven, right? We choose the kingdom of heaven. He, draw, he, he draws us into the kingdom of heaven and we run in there. We're not, you know, we're not dragged, kicked and screaming or whatever. Right? Like he wants us to full heartedly embrace this together. And I think the same thing is true of adoption of foster care. Um, if I could just share one other story with you, Angela, um, 
a, a really cool story that I really enjoyed. And I actually got a little card here, which only you can see, I guess, um, was uh, this family named Josh and Amy Glasscock. And um, Josh was born with cystic fibrosis, which uh, is like this disease, basically, that attacks your lungs your entire life. Um, and it is terminal. Um, everyone with this disease um, used to die by it was a childhood disease. So you would die by age 12 or 13, something like that. And uh, Josh made it to like age 22. And essentially your lungs stop working and you suffocate to death. And Josh made it to age 22 because science and technology had been kind of keeping pace with him all his life. So he was always just kind of like able to stay above the curve just a little bit. But, you know, again, pretty, pretty. Um, it's a terminal disease. Um, he got married and, you know, hats off to the girl that agreed to marry him, but he got married even, you know, even though his wife knew like he had a terminal disease and they were married for a handful of years. And, um, the Lord had laid on their hearts, the idea of adoption. And, you know, part of Josh's, um, condition is that he can't have children, uh, biologically, he can't, he can't have children, um, and, you know, they wanted to adopt, but then you think about this, like, what adoption agency is ever going to choose you as a family? Because, like, the dad's going to die, like, soon, imminently, right? Like, that's never going to happen, right? And so, like, it was something that God had placed on their hearts, but it was also like, you know, it's never going to happen, right? Because no one's ever going to choose them. No birth mom's going to choose them. No agency, will, no one's going to do that, right? And that's true in the world's eyes. No one ever will. And yet, God had this other plan. And so what ended up happening was that um, a couple years go by and Josh's health begins declining because like he is kind of reaching the end of his lifespan and he's only he's still a young man he's like 27 at that point or something and um, what ends up happening is through friends of friends some someone who was pregnant and she was in a bad life situation and knew that she was not going to be able to care for her daughter or her child um, she heard about Josh and Amy. And come to find out that this this individual, the birth mother, she had had a childhood friend who had died of cystic fibrosis. And she reached out to Josh and Amy through another individual and expressed to them like, hey, um, this is going to sound kind of crazy, but I kind of think I want you to be the parents of my child. And I fully recognize that Josh may die soon here, but that's what it's kind of shaping up to be. And so Josh and Amy did adopt uh this little girl uh and she's now their daughter um and the lord has continued to preserve josh's life actually and there's a whole backstory to like the many times he almost died and god worked many incredible miracles but i would just say like that was a circumstance where adoption fostering that that looked impossible impossible for the glasscocks and yet god had a completely different plan and he worked it out for them and it's not because Josh and Amy were so great or because they were these mega Christians. It was just because the Lord decided to grace them with that. And that, you know, I just want to encourage your listeners there that if there's someone that's listening right now and they have the burden of foster care or adoption on their hearts, but the Lord has not opened that door yet, or it doesn't seem like that, just I just want to encourage them that God can do anything, right? And so if the Lord wants to, he will. And if he does not, then he will not, right? And I, I just want to encourage us to know that that the Lord is sovereign, he is in control, and that we can rest in that. And I did hear Lauren's story, and, and it kind of reminded me of like, you know, where, where Jesus is talking about the talents, right? Just, you know, you may have one child, and you, that child yeah. may grow up and be Billy Graham, right? You may yeah. have three children, and one of those might be grow up and be Billy Graham. You know, we, we don't know what the Lord is going to do, and we, yeah. you know, 
we just faithfully serve whatever we have, right? Like whatever yeah. is placed before us is is what he has given us. And we have to do our best with whatever yeah. he has given us. We have a family in our area that's very similar to her story. And so, um, yeah, <laughs> she's a really good friend of mine. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, go on. I think that's a really good point. Like the story that tells, I love that example, actually, because like you think about it, it was like, you know, um, Lauren and her husband, they have been given these talents. I think about their personality types. Like the Lord had graced them with a certain ability and they were both married to each other, right? So like their marriage had this certain ability to do something, the capacity to handle something that many other marriages would not. Yet they could have just like, you know, retired, right? Like, you know, like, man, like after kid number four, like, or kid number 10, let's say, kid number 10, right? They'd done their time. Um, and in fact, the craziest thing is the last batch of children that they adopted, they adopted four siblings as a sibling group, four children. And I believe Lauren and her husband, that I think were in their 60s when they did that final adoption. So like they were literally, they had everyone else had moved out of the home. They only had, I think like a, a one kid left at their house, I think. And instead of, and they were like, they had actually put their house on the market uh, and they were going to move to Uganda to work as missionaries in their retirement, right? But instead, the Lord drops this family of four siblings into their, you know, their knowledge. And they really felt that God was tugging on them to do that. And so suddenly, boom, their parents all over again of like, you know, and I forget the ages. It was like seven up to 11 or something like that. Just crazy. So again, but it was because it was the talents that God had given them. Um, and, you know, God um, wanted them to have that ability. And they are fully leaning into that ability, understanding, like, hey, they can do this. And so they're going to do it. Can you share, <laughs> we have very similar stories with the homeschooling and the many little children. So can you share a bit about your family life and how you make it work with three children, homeschooling, and all the things that come with being a busy dad, I mean, let alone this like incredible ministry? Yeah, great question. That's a great question for my wife, actually. Sometimes we scratch our heads like, how how are we doing this? Like, how, how is it doing? You know, like, uh, so, you know. Uh, I probably don't have the best answers to give here, but you know, the fact that we're still alive probably means something is, you know, something, uh, didn't go too terribly wrong. A couple things that I'll offer. So first off, so we've got young kids ages five, three, two, and another one due like in six weeks from now. So we're, we've got a full house here, very hectic around here. Um, and so my wife and I, we've, I, I do the podcast stuff. Um, so that's what I do as a full-time career. And then my wife is the support network for me. So when I have ideas or I have questions about, hey, here's a potential guest that I'm thinking about, but I'm not sure, should we bring this person on? She and I will go through the person's story together. So I actually lean on her heavily uh, just like to ask. Like, she's my, my sounding board for all of our major decisions that we're making. I mean, she's the one who thought of the name for our podcast, Compelled, actually. So any major decisions that we're making, that always goes by her. Obviously, without her support, we wouldn't be able to do the show. Um, I think a lot of it was like, early in the early stages when I wasn't even sure, like, is this even worth doing? She was one of the key components that really encouraged me, like, hey, this is this is having, a you know, an eternal spiritual impact. Even if, like, you know, we're barely, barely scraping by here, this is important, you know, so really appreciate her for that. Um, and then, you know, when she takes care of our kids, I'm just at loss. But like, how in the world can she do this? Like, uh, about once a month, she'll go to a ladies Bible study. And so I'll be the one who's taking care of the kids for just one evening, you know, by myself and I'm just like oh my goodness how does she do it how does she do it like I'm dying over here you know and she'll get home and she'll laugh at me like Paul you know so again I think about capacity right and the talents that the Lord has given us I think she's really leaned heavily into her talents and strength of working with children 
Um, that's not my talent. That is not my strength. Um, but I'm so glad that I married her and she's truly that helpmate for our family. And and it's that perfect blend, right? That's, that's what yeah. I love is that perfect yeah. blend of like, just being able to rely on each other, you know, and, and even, you know, having foster kids because you go from six to seven to five to seven yeah. to nine, yeah. you're all over the place, right? There's no like yeah. rhyme or reason to foster care and just being able to lean into each other and say, okay, first of all, what do you think about this? <laughs> what do you think yeah. about taking this sibling group? What do you think about taking this baby? You know, um, and just listening to each other, having that back and forth conversation, you know, of, oh, I don't know, we're going through a lot right now, you know, maybe you should, you know, say no to this one or, oh, absolutely. You know, there's, we know we can only take this child for the weekend. We can absolutely do that kind of thing. And sure. so, which, I mean, out of our four adoptions, three are weekend kids. Um, the other thing I want to talk to you about is is these guests that you host. Like I said, they're just incredible stories of faith and trust. And listening to them, they almost seem like these like spiritual giants, right? Like these Davids and these Noahs. And so can you tell us how you kind of find that you're that they're just fallen people that just serve mm -hmm. this like great, amazing God and yeah. explain how the Lord has used your podcast in other ministries? Yeah, yeah, great question. So, you know, I think a couple of things that come to my mind, you know, I actually was talking with a guest about this one time because he, uh, one, of, one of our guys that we interviewed, he had this incredible story of how, um, you know, he, he had basically grown up on the streets. His mother was an alcoholic. He should have been in the foster care system. And yet he was, it was kind of predating pre, uh, foster Texas foster care. So he basically grew up on the streets by himself and just had no father figure. And his mom was basically absent. Hard, hard, hard circumstances, but the Lord saved him when he was probably about 16 years old. And, and he even says today, like, you know, if he had not become a Christian, he definitely would have ended up in prison um, or even worse. And one of the things he then shared is, you know, he later became a, an evangelist and has now gone to share his testimony with, you know, thousands and thousands of children at school assemblies and churches. But one of the things he shared is that sometimes people will come to him and they'll be like, oh man, I wish I had a testimony like yours. Like all I've got is like, you know, I just grew up in church my whole life, became a Christian when I was a, you know, 10 year old kid and have never strayed ever since, never done drugs or sex or anything like, you know, whatever. And he'll say, stop it, brother, stop it. Because you actually have the testimony I want my own children to have. And you actually have the story that I wish I had. And if I could redo life, I would never choose the life that the Lord gave me. Now, he gave that to me, and I'm grateful for the way he used it, but that is not what I would choose, and that's not what I've chosen for my own kids. And more importantly, even than that, is that actually you and I, brother, have the same testimony. Because from an eternal cosmic perspective, yes, I get it. Like all this crazy stuff happened here on planet Earth, but in eternity, that's just like a tiny little drop in the entire ocean, right? The internal thing that's incredible is that a God who is perfect, would send his only son to die for all of us. All of us, right? No matter you grew up in the church, or you grew up in the streets like me, we are actually all deserving to go to hell, which is, the, and that's the mind-blowing part. So actually, the sheer fact that you are a Christian and I am a Christian, we both have the same testimony. We're the same. And yeah, I get it. Like here on earth, that's cool, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 you know, whatever. And that's encouraging and that's good. Let's celebrate great stories and, and testimonies. But remember the star, the star, the hero of every testimony is not you. You are not the hero of your own testimony. Jesus, Jesus, the son of the living God, he is the star of every Christian's testimony. So in that way, we are all the same. That's, yes, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I think of 
second generational Christians that I've heard say this, right? The kids, like you said, who grew up in the Christian home and they're like, you know, I didn't have this defining moment of like, Jesus, there you are. Like he's yeah. just been with me my whole life. You know, he's been with me since I was two, you know, and I, and I just remember hearing and hearing and, and, and I can 100%, my husband and I both have very extreme testimonies and growing our kids in that with them saying that to us like you guys came to a point where you you came to the end of yourself and you know you want to encourage your kids and be like you need to come to the end of yourself especially you know especially in your teen yeah. years right that's, yeah that's an interesting time um and so that's exactly right right is that it doesn't matter who came where as long as we all just get there you know yeah. and as long as we all just are understanding the cross and understanding you know this christianity at its basic paul thank you for taking time today to share all of this this was amazing i am so happy to see all that the lord is doing through compelled and the stories that you're sharing i have cried at a few um if you have not listened to this incredible podcast i highly suggest it recommend it to your friends family like i said i have walked away with a couple of tears Dear Lord, we thank you for Paul, his family, and their faith. We thank you that you use ordinary people to showcase your extraordinary grace. We pray for Paul, his family, and his team as you move greatly in the social media world through Compelled. Give them grace upon grace as you lead and grow this blessed ministry. It's in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen.